Coming up on Inside the NRL, we recap the Bulldogs and Dragons Queen's birthday blockbuster. A former Blues player puts his hat in the ring for a recall and could another shark end his origin hiatus. Plus, find me once, fool me twice, but just how lucky is Josh Maguire? Hello, welcome back to Inside the NRL. Whether you are listening to us via a podcast or watching us live, we are just coming off the back of a 36-12 win to the Dragons and no doubt Coach Paul McGregor will be one happy man. Jamie Soward, Michael Chamis back once again. Thoughts on that match? Diabolical, the dogs. They are really disappointing. Uh, they haven't had a chance to get their side together. They drop players in and out each week. I don't know where they go from here in terms of developing those guys. Um, good news that Dallin's come across, but the Dragons needed that off the back of a poor month. And now they, they get the chance to possibly get some rhythm and, and try and get themselves, you know, cement themselves in the eight. Yeah, it's huge for the Dragons. We're at the point of the season where if they didn't win today, you'd basically kissing this season goodbye. The way their last month's gone with Origin players going forward, Corey Norman come back. What a, what a plus for the Dragons having him back in the side. They look completely different. They do. The, the big question mark in, in the waiting is Widdop and where he stands with when he comes back. Do they play him at six? Do they play him at one? I think you you probably leave him at one. Corey Norman's shown that he can be the main man for the Dragons this year. I like the way he attacks outside Ben Hunt. They've played together before. And you don't have to move Ben Hunt into nine. I think that that whole idea is gone now. They've just got to stick with the spine. Uh, another big improvement was having Ewan Aitken on the left and Zach Lomax on the right. I think that's, you know, Lafayette is going to miss out if those two guys keep performing and that looked like a better mix. They had some skill on the right hand side, some finesse with uh, Lomax and you got pure speed and power with uh, Ewan Aitken. You talk about the Bulldogs being diabolical. How did they improve? But we were watching it here off air and you said they're using that same attacking play from 2014. Mm. How do they get better? It's tough. It's tough. It doesn't happen overnight. No, and they've let, look, they've let go of a lot of quality players and they've had to through their salary cap. But you watch the Bulldogs play and they were running that two pass out to the back rower, drifting across play when I was playing. And I've been retired for three years. So um, they just they don't seem to use the skill that they've got in terms of what they've got. So if they've got back rowers that can ball play like a Reese Martin, he needs to be back changing angles. There's a play there, poor old Aidan Tolman's made 50 odd tackles and a second phase play comes around the Bulldogs and Nick Meaney's two plays out. He's not near the footy. So they need to be able to change some angles. Jordan Marshall King getting out of the play of the ball and getting that kind of ruck going rather than drifting it wide to poor old Adam Elliott and getting him to come up with a play. Michael, I'll get to you in just a second about the Dragons, but if you are joining us, we will bring you the live press conferences from both coaches very shortly. Let's talk about a bit um, the Dragons a little bit more. Five losses in a row, so they finally get a win against the Dogs. Do you take that much out of it, considering the Dogs are at the bottom of the table? Oh, it does a lot for their confidence. And, and the Dragons haven't played well against the Dogs in recent years. They were spanked last year at Cogra, and you come back, obviously, off the back of a number of losses there over the last month. And you get the confidence from Origin. Ben Hunt goes into that. He's a different player coming out of it. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He, Why are you I, smiling? I, look, I, I know that you, I know that the dogs were diabolical, as you said. But look, let's be fair, Inca. But the confidence that Ben Hunt will take from Origin, Corey Norman coming back into that team, you know, Lafay obviously not there. And I, I think you're right. I don't think Lafay comes back into this team the way Aitken and, and Lomax sort of that balance that the, the Dragons get. So. I think they're equal eighth now. I think they're in tenth position, so they're there, thereabouts in an origin period, and they haven't got a tough run over the next three weeks. I think they've got the Man Manly 
against the Cowboys in the storm without their origin player. So if I'm Paul McGregor, I'm thinking, you know what, I know we haven't started the year too well, but we're still well-placed there to make a run at the back end of the year when you start to get guys back. I know James Graham's a big loss as well. Yeah, he's definitely a huge player that they'll miss. Uh, Corey Norman, though, is that side um, planned around him? I mean, you see a massive difference with him coming back into the side today. I, I think... I think because we're going to go 20 rounds with Corey Norman at six, you can't go Gareth Whitted at six. I, I agree with Jamie. If Gareth Whitted comes back, I know it didn't work at the start of the year and it took a little bit of time to gel, but Corey Norman's probably been the form player when he's been playing in those, in those matches that they've won. So I think when, when Gareth Whitted comes back, he has to go to fullback and make it work because let's be fair, when Gareth Whitted comes back, sorry, when Corey Norman is back here next year, Gareth Whitted's not going to be around to worry about it. So I think they need to plan for the future, stick with Norman. They can't make changes at the end of the year just to try and make finals football or try and get Gareth Whitted the best out of him. So, Is that a premiership winning side? The Dragons. But as, as they played today? Oh, look, I don't think they're... Oh, look, there's three teams, maybe four, that can win the comp this year. I think the Dragons are a top eight team. They, they'll have to improve a lot to be challenging the Roosters, Rabbits, they, Sharks and Knight. They won by 40. I think about a month and a bit ago, and then they had five losses. They won by 40 against the Bulldogs. So that, if you're a Dragons fan, and I think the Dragons players would know, they were expected to win today and expected to win well. Uh, when you look at how the Bulldogs have been playing, not a lot of points in them, they concede points. Yeah. So I think the, the mix is, is going to be tough because if Dufty goes on a run now and gets his confidence up, mm. Do you throw Gareth Whittapin, who's so dominant with the ball, who's so dominant being on the ball, how does he get himself into games? And, and you want him in your side, but you don't want to risk that, you know, combinations. If they start to go on a run now and, and rattle off the next five or six, you say they've got an easy run. Manly, the way they play is not easy. They've beaten the Sharks without Trebojevic yeah. and DCE. Cowboys defend resolutely. They can show that they're hard to beat. And then you come up against the Storm. Well, the Melbourne Storm just continue to defy. They've got the best player in the game. So that, for me, is not an easy run for a team that's just beaten the Bulldogs. If they'd rattled off four or five in a row and this, they were coming to build into their season, then sure. But that, what we saw today, they're going to have to be a lot better than that. Just on the dogs, I can't believe Corey Harry and Iris not in that team. He was outstanding yesterday at Belmore. Did that game... Uh, out there against Blacktown. He was hard running on the edge. You'd like to see him get a little bit more ball, but they had, they've got some guys down in that reserve grade team, uh, Michael and Katie, that should be in first grade. Well, Lachlan Lewis, he picked up an injury yesterday. Yeah, he picked right? up a lower ankle sprain, spoke yeah. to his dad after the game. Looks like it's going to be about three weeks, so that's not good news either. Um, it, it's always tough when the, the first grade side's not going well and you're getting dropped back and you're thinking, well, they've won six well, seven weeks in a row, I think they've had one draw and six wins. So they've been rolling themselves. Uh, but, yeah, there's some guys down there that certainly need to be in first grade. Look at Dallin Wittenia's uh, Elisniak signature. Obviously, it's a huge... I imagine he'll probably... He'll be at fullback at some point, whether that's next week or not. We'll find out. But long-term, he'll be their number one. What does this mean for Nick Meany? I know you're a big Nick Meany fan. Do you move Nick Meany to six? Does that solve anything at all? Or can, you, can you play him there? Because Nick Meany has shown enough to suggest he's a first grader. He certainly has. I'm huge raps on Nick Meaney. I did a piece at the start of the year and you know, identifying five players that were probably at that next level of not superstar status, but certainly on their way. And he's started the year in reserve grade. He's been fantastic in a side that hasn't really shown much in terms of getting him into the game. And I'm huge on Dallin. I think that's a good signing for the club. You get a guy who's a captain, who's yeah, off field, he's always been you know, resolute in what he's doing and all that kind of stuff. But they may have to play Nick Meany at six and just hope that they just go through the season. But, 
I mean, the Dogs, they haven't got much for next season either. Like, this is the team going forward until all their players are cleared up for that big salary cap move. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they go, but that's, they're certainly struggling at the moment. Jamie, I was thinking if you do put Nick Meany in the halves, what about Kieran Foran? I mean, you played in the halves. Is he done? No. Okay. He's shown at times this year he's still got, not vintage Kieran Foran, but he's still got enough to be the experience. And I think okay. when those young guys put their boots on, they need Kieran Foran in the circle. And he's shown he's been able to string games together this year. He's been their most dangerous person with the ball. He's, he's linked, he's put plays on. Uh, anytime they score points, he's involved. And, and it was like that again today. Yeah, okay. With, with Foran, to be fair, look, it's value for money. That's what we're, everyone was judging Foran on value for money. He's on more than $1 million, $1.2 million, and everyone's saying he's not playing up to that standard. And he's not, and he's never going to play up to $1.2 million. It, to be fair, it's past him, but he's still got a lot to offer. And you can't ask the bloke or expect the guy to say, you know what, I'm going to take a pay cut here just to, to play to what I'm worth. He's still valuable to that team, but the problem with, with the dogs have is they've got so much money tied in the Foran, they can't go buy another half. They don't need another half. They had... Lachlan Lewis, Jack Cogger, Kieran Foran. They've got New Brown who can play 976. That, that, some, of the, some of the clubs in the NRL would love that depth at halfback. Mm. I, I, I disagree. I think Foran with a, with a playmaker like a Mitchell Pearce or a Cherry Evans, as we've seen, I think that'd be a great for him. I think he'd, he'd work really well. I just don't think he can... But who's out on the market that they can go and buy? No, that's what I'm saying to you. They're in this situation that they're in at the moment. It's because they spent so much money on Kieran. Unfortunately, his body isn't the way it was. So they, that's the pre- predicament they find themselves in at the moment. Yeah, it's right. not a knock on Kieran Foran. Look, he's given his all out there. And if they, a lot of those players have played the effort that he had, they'd obviously be in a lot better situation. But unfortunately, he can't play up for the price tag that he's on. OK, well, if you are joining us on Inside the NRL, the Dragons got the win over the Bulldogs 36-12. to 12. We'll bring you both the coaches' press conferences very shortly. But let's take a look at the NRL ladder after 13 rounds. The Dragons have pushed up into that top 10 now. Not the top eight just yet, but on the same sort of amount of points. What are you guys in that top eight? Um, Michael, you said a little earlier there's sort of three to four teams who are really cemented in that top four for finals moving ahead. But... Um, Bulldogs there at the bottom. Is there any surprises there that you see should be up higher or lower? Oh, just I, I, I'm looking at the Knights and the way they're surging up the ladder. Uh, I, I think the Sharks, given they're on 16 points with all those injuries they've had, that's incredible effort to be honest with you. They get Sean Johnson back hopefully next week, Aaron Woods in a couple. The Sharks were all placed, but the Knights, they're a top four team. They're a top four team. There's a, if we can get that ladder up again, there's two spots left in the eight for the year. Okay. I've got the top six teams making the eight now, uh, different to, to how I had them at the start of the year, but seven and eight's up for grabs. Those top six will not change. They've shown that they're a class above, and there's probably a couple of teams there that are creme de la creme, but uh, through this origin, they will struggle being the Rabbitohs and Roosters. Raiders and Knights have surged up. The Sharks are outstanding. I think they're my smoky to win it, win it all, uh, and the Melbourne Storm continue to dominate. So I, I think there's two spots left. That's it. The, other, the, other, the rest of the eight's decided. We sat here a few weeks ago and we said, right off the bottom five. And I said to you, Penrith, if they can get in a run, get some confidence and get some players back, they can do something. They're two points outside the eight. I know that the Roosters were depleted yesterday, but can, can Penrith go on a run? Their for and against is, is very large still. Um, I, didn't, I, I saw a better effort yesterday in the way they use kick out and the variety that they gave in the footy. The challenge is, I mean, they're going to make a run. This is what I, I said during the week, is Origin's a huge leveller for those teams that are 
struggling at the start of the year and, and or mediocre throughout the season, they get a chance now to make a run. And you either take those opportunities like the Warriors or, you, or you've, you know, and, and sorry, miss those opportunities like the Warriors or you take them like the Panthers. And you saw Parramatta last week take advantage of South. So uh, can Parramatta go on a run? Sure, any team can go on a run. But it's sustaining that for the whole way through. If you're going to go on a run, you go on a run to win it all. You don't go on a run to scrape into eighth and play, you know, fifth and be knocked out first week. Yeah. Well, with, with Penrith, I, I imagine the releasing of Dalvin Wetani Zelezniak has given him a position in that top 30 before June 30. So there's a lot of talk at the moment about oh, um, Tyrone Peachy potentially returning home. Does he answer any problems at all? I don't know where he plays. Do you I, play? I, I don't know where he plays. Well, Wunga Blake's out for a little while. Still, I think he's got a month left or something. So yeah, but Brett, Brett Naden's been outstanding. He has been, yeah. He's been he outstanding has. on that left edge. He's brought a real excitement. He's brought something you know, a bit different with their attack. It's not just throwing the ball and lead runner. It's, you know, he, he's energetic. He chases kicks. He competes. He's been good defensively. I thought that tackle on Joey Marno yesterday was outstanding. So I don't think you can just drop him. Maybe you get him down off the bench in excitement, but... Um, yeah, with the, what the Panthers are trying to let go, there's talk of RCG let, being let go, there's talk Wunga yeah, Blake. Yeah, Wunga Blake, I think, is in discussion so with the Eels as well. So. They're trying to clear a lot of room, a lot of cap room, for maybe to bring Tyrone Beachy back, but you have to get some... You don't find six-foot centres, you know, 95, 96 kilos who can run and get rid of anything anywhere. Well, I've spoken to Penrith today. They don't need to get rid of anyone to sign Tyrone Peachy. Dallin moving on to the dogs is enough for them to be able to bring Tyrone Peachy to the club if they can work out an agreement there with, with the Titans to move him on. Is it a player trade or is it a money agreement? No, it's look, it's, it's no secret Tyrone Peachy hasn't been at his best. Yet. I spoke to people at the club, he hasn't really fired a shot since he's moved up there. He's lost his New South Wales jumper, he's no longer in that, that 17 there for the Blues and he hasn't felt at home at the, at the Titans, both on the field and off the field. I think it's best for him to return to that environment, whether he comes to an agreement or not in the coming two weeks we'll find out. But there's no doubt Tyrone Peachy at his best last year. He sparked a lot of Penrith's revivals. Like we, we saw them at halftime struggling in many matches and, and those games on the back of Tyrone Peachy. Yeah, but they're not, they're not that team this year. No, they're not. That's no. it's completely, you don't just bottle that. You can't just you know, open the bottle and go, yeah, we're the comeback kings again because mm. Peachy's back. And they're is gonna it have to build in. worth taking? Well, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's signed a, a three-year deal, so he's going to come back and have to put that money. They're going to have to put that money in the cap. Well, it's interesting. The clubs that have signed players to long-term deals, and Penrith did this a lot. Gus did this with a number of the players. I don't think any club has as many players on long-term deals as Penrith do. The other one that would come close are the West Tigers, and their situation is, is as dire as, as Penrith in terms of salary cap space. And we're seeing all sorts of murmurs out of the West Tigers at the moment in terms of where players are going. Russell Packer being shopped around, Elijah Taylor. Does Josh Reynolds belong there? There's some the long-term deals in the game haven't worked for a lot for a lot of the, even even the Bulldogs. They signed Woods for and these long-term deals aren't working. So I think that the Tigers at the moment are in a situation where. Uh, Madge is inheriting this situation from Kelly Egan and Ivan Cleary. They've signed these players who they don't want anymore and are on big money, on long-term deals that no one wants. It's a big problem. One you didn't mention there was Moses Zembai. I mean, you broke earlier in the week that it didn't seem like he was wanted there and potentially was going to have his captaincy taken off him. Yeah, well, he was, he was told two weeks ago that he'd be dropped for that game against South... Uh, sorry, dropped to the bench for that game against South Sydney. So is he captain of the team, moving him to the bench... Look, Could you ever imagine Anthony Seabold doing that to Darius Boyd? I mean, there's been question marks over Darius Boyd's form, but, but there's, there's no way... Look, in, in fairness to Darius, he's won two premierships, yeah. played for Australia, played 28 origins, so I think that's a little bit different in mm. terms of comparisons. But Moses has been OK this year. I mean, 
he's, he plays anywhere. I mean, mm. the other night he played centre. He had a little stint at 5'8". He dropped back to fullback for a little bit. So I think for Moses' career, I just think you sit him down and you say, you're the fullback for the year or you're the six for the next, you know, 10 rounds. He's been chopped and changed around that much that he gets confused as to how he should play. He's played nine, he's played That's in a grand true. final at nine, and it's confusing to him. He gets a, a different game plan every week, then all of a sudden, you know, if you're the first string fullback at that club, you shouldn't be moved because someone else's ascent has been injured. Yeah, you know, they should move around you. You you still be the general at the back. And poor old Moses Embai is getting shifted in because he's such a great defender, which he showed the other night in Origin, and he can play anywhere. So every time if they lose a right winger, they move Cheekham out or he has to go to the wing and then Thompson goes to the back. And rather than just sticking with Moses and saying, look, you're the captain, we believe in you. Well, not only was he moved to, or attempted to move to the bench, they've also gone after the, the New Zealand fullback, the New Zealand captain who Madge has a relationship with. So I imagine those sort of thoughts as he went into Queensland camp would have been in the back of his mind. And there's been whispers, obviously, around another club. So, um, yeah, interesting time at the West Tigers. What about your biggest win out of the weekend, Jamie? Newcastle Knights. Mm. They just rolled. I mean, they, they get Souths at the right time. I think they were outstanding. Again, Mitchell Pearce has probably got one and a half... Uh, hands on that New South Wales jersey. I think he did enough to show Freddie on Friday night that he's got the calm and patience to be able to, to steer New South Wales around, although Nathan Cleary was fantastic. But Newcastle just play this simple game, and I think at the start of the year they they tinkered with the Ponga experiment and, and it didn't work, and it was more throw the ball to, to Ponga and hope that he does something. Now they've actually got a bit of a roll on and you know, guys aren't trying to worry about everyone else. They're just worrying about their own job. Their forwards are outstanding the other night with Dave, without David Clemmer, and it's bringing their playmakers into the game. Pierce and Mason Leno was fantastic the other night, and then Connor Watson starts getting a dummy half, and at the start of the year, we struggled to find a spot for yeah. Connor Watson. Well, I agree with you. I think on the back of no Caelan Pong and no Clemmer, if you take those two out of the Knights, I would have thought Mitchell Pierce wouldn't have been able to do what he did. Mm. But they, they keep moving on the Knights even without their two best, well, two of their three best players. We spoke to Mitchell Pierce on the show before Origin 1 and he said Nathan Cleary deserves to have that jersey. We're in discussions again. There's reports in the media that they want Mitchell Pierce in that blue side in the halves. Do you give it a rest or do you bring his name up again and say he needs to take that seven jersey? I'm impressed with the way Mitchell's handled this because for so long Mitchell's been scarred by the way people have handled him yeah. and the way people have said we need to get rid of him, move him on and he's been criticised, he's been bashed for years. So the opportunity he's had to speak about Origin, he's defended the people who have been there because he knows exactly what they're going through and Jamie you would have been in that situation in the past where people are calling for your head and want you moved on. Now he's handled this well. I'm sure in the back of Mitchell Pearce's mind he wants to play this game. But he's, he's been loyal to the guys that are there but he's also showing respect knowing what he knows, of, you know, how much it can hurt someone. And is he saving himself from being hurt? Imagine if he was selected oh. for game one, played up at Suncorp, and they lost. They would have blamed it Look, on there's him, talk around potentially. That's the reason. There's talk that that's the way. To, I don't believe it, to be honest. I think Mitchell Pearce is a competitor. I think if, he, I think if he, Freddie rang him and said, mate, you're in, he'd be there. So that's my take on it all. Okay, well, if you're tuning in now, we do have the press conferences coming in live from the Dragons and Bulldogs game. Let's listen firstly to whoever's going to sit on that chair. We've got a journo in the way. There we go, Dean Pay. Dino's always going to be tough after losing your halfback. Yeah, it didn't help. Um, you know, Jack's 
you know, been obviously does a lot of our kicking and a lot of our organising. But um, you know, we got to be better than better than that. I thought. Yeah, we started the game pretty well, um, but we, you know, we finished up, you know, coming away with some errors and some penalties. We backed, but with back-to-back stuff, and then that's where they, you know, they, they put their points on us. So, you know, we just got to be, we got to be, uh, you know, take those really good periods and just make them, you know, for, for longer. And and that's where we're, that's where we're at at the moment. Oh, you know, I think it was the NRL that wouldn't let him go back on, so um, that was the decision that was made. So, so he passed initial HR. I think so. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There's a bit of chatter on social media about the pattern. Do you have a problem with it? So. Well, I just thought it was. You know, I haven't had a look at it, but you know, looking at it live, I thought it was just a, you know, hard, hard tackle. You still confident these better days ahead? Oh, look, you know, we, we are where we are, and again, I, you know, I don't want to keep saying that, but you know, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to keep trying to improve on, on what we've been doing. Um, again, you know, there's some there's some good periods of footy there. You know, we started the second half okay. You know, we got in the arm wrestle for a while, um, but then we come up with you know two or three errors. And then we start to defend, defend, and then we, you know the fatigue sets in, and you know we come up with some errors on the on the edge, you know with our defensive reads. So, um, you know if we can cut some of our errors out or reduce them, it's going to help. You find out, Margie. Let me know. Um, look, you know a lot of it's just a concentration thing. You know, obviously there's fatigue, you know, sets in, but. Yeah, a lot of it's a lot of it's a concentration thing. Yeah, a lot of it's you know being being involved in in footy games where where the, when the heat's on you can handle that, and you can you can get through that. And when you need to take a tough carry, take it and just cop whatever you got you got to cop. Is at the moment I just you know you know I just think you know with our errors and, and what we're doing you know we we're, we're we're at a stage where we we just need to you know. We concentrate really hard on what we're doing and, and, and get some consistency in, in, in how we how we're playing our footy and, and that'll help. We're at the halfway stage of the season, mate, yep. it'd be really hard for you to keep the spirits up and it is. you have to, so how do you do it? It is crawls look you know, we we go to training, the boys, you know, they put in, their energy's good. We talk about it every week. Um, we talk about, you know, just making sure that we're our performances are getting better and better each each week. Um, you know, obviously tonight's you know not what we what we were looking for. Um, but again, we turned up here here tonight, confident we'd do really well. And again, with with that, we just take the best the best part out of our games. Keep working as hard as we can to increase that and try and try and you know we reduce our errors and reduce the negative side of our game. Darling can make from next week onwards, Dan? Oh, look, you know, I've had a little bit to do with him, obviously, over the last you know couple of weeks. So, um, you know, he's he's a leader. You know, the way he plays his footy is going to help. Um, you know, talking to him, he's 
he's really excited to get back out there. So he's going to bring a lot of energy to our place. Um, you know, I think he's, he'll improve us. Um, again, you know, we can't wait for him to, to get out there. Have you bought him to play full-back, Dean? Um, he's, he's long said that's his preference. Yeah, and I spoke to him about that. He was he was happy to to come to the club. He was I, I spoke to him about you know how we've, we've got we got Nick here. Um, um, he understood that. I just said you know when you start start here you know to be be the best man for the job and that that's how we'll 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 determine where you play. So so will you start him on the wing or will you start him at fullback or what? what oh, we'll you make have a plan. Yeah, we'll make that decision during the week. I've got a, you know, something in my head, but you know, it could change during the week. So. Hey, Dan, without being disrespectful and try as you guys are every week, do you just feel that your roster is just essentially inferior to most others? Um, oh, look, for for us, it's about making sure that we get the best out of these these young blokes, and that's that's where it's at. We're trying as hard as we possibly can to. to you know, turn them into these these kids into the into the best players they possibly can. And moving forward, you know, that, that's what we want, and we want to keep them here at the club. But we want we want players here that are going to make sure that we challenge for semi-finals, challenge for the top four. That's our aim. You know, it mightn't happen tomorrow, but we're certainly on the on the track to to get in there. It might take a little while, but again, you know, we that's where we're going. Yesterday, I think it's only a couple of weeks, so yeah, it's not not as bad as what they first thought. So obviously you'll get scans, but that's what they're thinking. Scans tomorrow. I think he's yeah, yeah. Dean, it's always a busy time before June 30. Can you afford to add some more players at all? Are you in the market to improve your roster? Uh, no, our 30s full at the moment, so. Well, there you just heard Dean Pay speaking in a live press conference after their 36-12 loss to the Dragons. He did say tight-lipped on where uh, Dallin Wateni-Zelezniak will play. If you're Nick Meany, Jamie, mm. are you looking elsewhere? Yeah, he didn't give the in intentions that Nick Meany's going to hold his spot, did he? Mm. So, um, look, you don't want to be seen sulking, but from a player's point of view, this is what people forget. From a player's point of view, you want to be playing first grade, and if you feel like you're up to that first grade standard, then, yeah, you sh and Nick Meany has been. You should be able to be in a first grade team this year, especially when you're looking at a team like the Cowboys, who may have some money left around, who may be able to put an offer towards him. So, I don't know. I mean, if, if Dallin comes in and he says, we're going to play you at six or we're going to play you on the wing, then there has to be a conversation between the manager as to where he goes from here because he was recruited as a fullback. I got a feel is he'll play centre next week. From what I've heard, I think he'll play centre and then move into fullback eventually. I don't think Dallin. Look, I, Dallin wanted to play fullback. We're, we're, he looked at the Tigers. He wanted to go to the. So that would have been his preference. If he had to go anywhere, he would enter the Tigers. But they couldn't move a player on in time before June 30 because he wasn't going to sit out the rest of the year and wait till next year to play. So there's that situation. The Cowboys didn't want to go to North Queensland because you've got a young family, two young kids, didn't want to move up north. So the Dogs, to him, that was the best situation for him to play fullback, the best chance he had. Wow. Uh, Dean Pay also saying that his top 30 is full, so before that June 30 cutoff, roster's full with 30 players there. He also said that they want to be challenging for semi-final football. They want to be challenging for top four football. Is he 
He's got, look, he's got to say those things, and he, and he needs to get the best out of his roster, but that, this is not a top-eight football team, to be fair with you. They'll be struggling... They're at the bottom of the ladder. They'll be struggling next year to be a top-eight football team, unfortunately. Let's, let's be serious. The Dogs have got a two-year journey before they can get back to competing. And I, you know, we, we, The rugby league needs the Dogs doing well, but unfortunately, given the salary cap situation they found themselves in over 18 months ago, they knew that it would take a while to get out of it. And next year, they're going to struggle so much that... Unfortunately for Dean Pay, he might not be there to see out the journey mm. because he's on contract for one more year and then they, they're back in the market. They've finally paid off those guys they had to pay in Graham and Woods and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it may be a long, long journey for the Bulldogs. I'll have to cut you off there, Jamie. A very happy Paul McGregor will front media now and give us the latest on that 36 12 win. <sighs> Losses today were obviously crucial. It was a nice, strong win. Put you on track. Bit of amnesia about them. Hey. Bit of amnesia about that. No, um, yeah, certainly, you know, besides that first pretty well set of the game of attack and defence, I thought we got into real rhythm and, and built pressure well. And we um, finished in the right areas, defended really strongly which allowed us to play good field position and, and execute well on the edges. So, um, you know, it was a big improvement. Not a complete performance, but it was an improvement on, on what we've done in the last month. Uh, I thought that, I think the timing of the, um, the week off really helped to, um, to reset and press on. That was the biggest thing. I think we, you know, sometimes when you when you're, you're at the coalface, you probably overthink a little bit. When you get away from it, you have a good time to reflect. And um, We just got away from what was working really well for us in the past and uh, got back to it a little bit today. Corey was strong in his comeback game and Ben was strong in his return to origin. Yeah, Corey was certainly, you know, without Gareth and Corey at the same time, it puts a real, um, I suppose... A den in your in your, your football team, uh, due to the fact that they're you know they're both top end players and having both out at the same time puts a lot of pressure on Ben. Uh, with the return of Corey, uh, Ben played played a, a nice solid role. Um, you know Corey's been doing a lot of repetitions on the park due to the fact it's a facial injury. It wasn't a, a muscle injury or a knee injury or an ankle. So um, you know he just went out and pretty well played our trained. So. Um, you know, and, and they fell back in, you know, before he got injured, we'd won four in a row and been beaten by not much against the Roosters on Anzac Day. Uh, and then against Parramatta when he goes off, you know, it's 18 all at the time and he's been out for a month. So um, for him to come back today, it's a, it's a big in for the footy team. Um, Benny obviously, um, you know, has a real good liking to play with the senior half beside him. And uh, they perform well. Do you think they're going to click so quickly, Mary? Yeah, I, yeah. I thought they were doing that before the injury, so I didn't expect to change too much. Um, you know, like I said, you know, when they were playing, we were playing some decent footy. Um, even though um, Corey hasn't been playing, he's been training in the same position. So, uh, uh, you know, and, and Corey likes to to run a footy team as well, so he likes to um, be a good voice, solid voice there. Um, and, you know, I think that really relaxes Ben's game. Uh, same as when Gareth plays with Ben, he's really relaxed and comfortable. Um, so, yeah, I thought, it, I thought it'd come pretty quick, yeah. Yeah, do you think it 
Paul, but also uh, I think you're on 12 points. You're only and Parramatta's on in eight, top eight on 12 points. So it puts you in striking distance. I nearly fell over when I heard that. To be honest, I haven't looked at the ladder. I'm just looking at week to week, and you're on the same points as eighth position. So. Um, you know, for, for me, it's just about really focused on our process week to week, not the ladder. Um, you know, obviously the, the wins push up the ladder anyway, so um, so the losses push it down. So I just rather a real clear focus on what we need to improve on um, and stay at that more than anything else. Yeah, because we, we've lost five on the trot, so you wouldn't expect it. It is the competition's tight. Anyone can beat anyone on the day, and that proves there just that that you know you win a couple, of, put a couple of good wins together, you can get up the ladder pretty quick. He obviously missed out on Origin. I imagine he was pretty disappointed with that, but he was pretty good today. Looked like the old Tarek, to be honest. Yeah, I thought Tarek's last game was uh, a game that uh, he went away with after not making the representative team and got a bit of confidence from. And I thought today he backed that up. You know, besides that last 10 minutes where he got a try disallowed and they scored one, if you take out that period where, you know, it's a 12-point sort of turn on him, uh, I thought his game was good. He's, um, there's obviously been a lot of talk about replacing... Who's the bloke who's out again? I've forgotten. Who's, who's out? Clement. Clement. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a fun role. Forget about people quick. <laughs> Sorry, we move quicker regularly. But <laughs> I know it's a fun role, Clement, but... Um, like, could Clara... Cl- Tarek somehow come in, some, is there some sort of permutation maybe where Tarek could... Well, I'm not sure, mate. It's, it's selection's sort of origins and not my concern. Um, if you're asking my opinion, Tarek was there last year in that squad and played in the third game. Um, could he, he play origin or he has, so he's already, he's made, he's already done it. So definitely, um, without a doubt, he can play origin. Position-wise, he's best suited on the edge. Uh, that's where he plays for his club. That's where he wants to play. But if you ask anyone, would they play in the middle at Origin? Definitely would. Uh, so, uh, and is he capable of playing in the middle? Yes, he is. Yep. Played all your Origin boys today, Mary. Next week, would you look at resting them, or do you need them, given where you're at? Manly game? Uh, yeah. Look, we've got to back up that performance. So that performance doesn't mean too much. So, yeah, they'll be playing if they're healthy, definitely. Um, we, we're fortunate today that we had a five-day term, which is the longest term you can get out of an origin. Um, you know, although Ben played in the middle for a long period of time, 80 minutes, and done a lot of work, and he's a little bit fatigued at the back end of that game, um, he played well. Um, you know, Tyson only played minimal minutes in origin and pulled through well. Um, done a really good job in the middle for us today in, in, in shorter stints and didn't have to play that 80. And Vaughney, I thought, was very good. He probably played his best origin on, on last Wednesday night and backed up that performance um, today and, and played solid 50 minutes today. So, yeah, they, they pulled through well, they'll play, and I expected the Manly players to be the same. Thanks, guys. Yeah, well, there you go. A very happy Paul McGregor. Of course, he would be after five losses on the trot. Uh, now, he did have those coach cliches. Anyone can beat anyone. The, the ladder's very tight. Defended strongly. Not looking at the ladder. But, gents, you've got to take something out of that win, right? Two points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, th- to me, this period now is Paul McGregor's test because we've seen in, in re- recent years of the Dragons, they start well 
and fall off the back of the year. It's been the opposite this year, and now is his chance to show that he's learned from those mistakes. And we get players back from injury towards the end of the year. This is Paul McGregor's test. He got an extension, now it's time to earn it. And I think the Dragons have got the roster. They're capable of going on a run. He backs Tag Sims. Obviously, why wouldn't you back your own player to play State of Origin? We will get on to that in just a second where we bring up your Origin Game 2 teams. But first, Jamie Soward, your sweet or soured for the week. <laughs> yes. You wouldn't look, tell me this week. No, no. Uh, left a little bit of a surprise. I firstly wanted to have a bit of sweet and congratulate both uh, Michael and yourself for what you did, the Origin coverage away. Without me up there at Brisbane, I thought it was outstanding. Reading a lot of stuff, the Payne Haas story, well done. Oh, that's really nice. You're okay? You're I'm okay. <laughs> now to the sour. Absolutely disgraceful decisions on Saturday night. Just have a look at this. Moses Suli goes over. Anari Tawala strips the ball one-on-one and in the motion of going to score a try, should run 100 metres and score a try and give the Cowboys a bigger lead. Uh, the referee says that it's uh, no try. And then this one right here, this is his first touch, young welcome back Cotter. And... No try because of the lead runner, and they're saying he catches the ball and impedes Joel Thompson. Two disgraceful decisions. You look at this play right here. He leads to the inside shoulder of Joel Thompson, and Joel Thompson right now, after Walker misses the one-on-one tackle, still has a chance to get involved. Mm. So two decisions that were embarrassing on the weekend. We need to be better. And if you're going to have those rules, the one-on-one rule or the stripping the ball rule when a player's going to score the try then you need to let the players decide that. That was, to, to me, two wrong decisions that end up costing the Cowboys. That one-on-one strip was not one-on-one. There was. But if you're going the motion to score a try, you can take the ball. Yeah. That was Would you say that Moses Suley's going to score yeah, a try? That's a, yeah, yeah, that's... that's opportunity. So how, how do they get that wrong? How do we get it wrong each week? And the other one, the lead run of the obstruction, Joel Thompson has ample time to be able to get himself involved in that. They don't. It plays on. Walker misses a one-on-one tackle after coming up past the footy. It's just two decisions that baffled me that really co- it cost the Cowboys a win. I remember watching that and seeing Starling and his family in the crowd all celebrating. And then- Cotter. Oh, sorry, Cotter. And welcome then, back, Cotter. And then, sorry, welcome back, Cotter. <laughs> and then in the crowd, the family were just like from smiling to... Very, very sad. It's got, it's, that was his first touch. <laughs> yeah, and literally it's ran him, on. Yeah, literally ran on, first touch. I'm just, I'm confused by that. I, I don't know where, what the explanation's going to be, but it's not good enough. Oh, well. The Soward's back. <laughs> Let's talk about your origin teams, uh, game two origin teams. You're not going to look at Queensland because there's not going to be very many changes with that, but New South Wales. Let's talk about yours first, Jamie. Who have you got in there and why? Yeah, look, I think uh, the big one's going to be the number seven. Nathan was better yesterday. Defensively, he's always been good, but Mitchell Pearce is just in such good form. I've made a couple of subtle changes there. Matthew Lodge comes in for the injured David Clemmer. I would start Cam Murray. I'm on this boat of starting Cam Murray. Let him clean up everything that happens in that first 20. And then you get the the full impact of Travojevic coming on with Payne Haas. And Wade Graham on that left edge could be really the foil that a Maloney, a a, Pierce, what they need is a little bit of something on that left edge that they can vary things up with. Maybe a little kick in behind for the Fox or... Uh, a little bit something different, and Wade Graham brings that. So I think that you, you bring Tabojevic off the bench, Payne Haas is there, that could be the mix. And you've got Matthew Lodge in there. His aggression. Mm. His aggression. Okay. He, he's, he, was, he was fantastic in a beaten side yesterday, and I think you pair him with Payne Haas, maybe Payne Haas feels a little bit more comfortable. 
Okay, yeah, that's a, that's actually a good point. Michael Chamis? Yeah, look, my team, I brought back Tom Trebojevic. I know he wasn't the best the other day returning from a hamstring injury, but he's got, he needs to be in that side. Nick Cuttrick's done nothing wrong, but Tom Trebojevic was New South Wales, one of their best last year. I've gone with Pearson Cleary, and I, I don't disagree with you, Jamie. I think Pearson, Pearson Maloney would work, but Freddie's made his bed in his delaying now with Nathan. This is Nathan's team. Pearce comes in. I think Nathan deserves a chance. And if they don't win the series, then you do with him what you want next year. But he de deserves that chance. I've gone with Wade Graham on the bench as well. I'll get to that in a sec. But James Talma on the bench because, mate, I think they were a front row short. The way they used their, their bench on the week in that rota last week, that rotation, they struggled in the middle. When Clemmer went off, they struggled. Now, for me, Wade Graham needs to come in as that utility, but also you can play him normal minutes. You don't need to sit someone on the bench for 70 minutes and try and work out where we're going to fit them in or bring your half. I didn't think Jack White needed to be there, but they had no one else. Wade Graham's back now. He can fill a role on the edge because Cordner struggled to play 80. I know he's, his body's sort of letting him down a little bit there. I think they give him options either as a utility or on the left. Jack White needs to be there. Okay. He's earned his spot. As... A person that did the previews this year, I, I had him on the wing. I think that's his best position, coming out of trouble, getting the set started. He's, I owe him an apology and the Raiders because he's been fantastic. Whilst he hasn't put on the big sweeping plays and massive try assists and scored tries, defensively he's been great. His kicking game continues to get better and he showed in the Origin Arena that he's not afraid of the moment. Yes, that intercept will haunt him, but we've all thrown one and you, you don't live it down straight away. But if you throw him out, he looked comfortable at Origin. Yeah, he Come backed up pretty right. well against uh, the Tigers as well. What Can I disagree with Jamie? Because he's picked Pearson Maloney in the halves, so you're not going to bring him on in the halves. Where are you going to bring him on? Are you going to sit in there just I would in use case? him as an X-factor. Play he where? Can come, I think he can come on and play 13. When you say, well, I struggle with that bench, they need the four players to use them, especially with no David Clemmer. They need an extra okay, big well, man. Yeah, you disagreed and then you failed to give me an opportunity to talk about it. I think you use <laughs> him as an X-factor. Jake Trebojevic comes on with a Payne Haas and you move him up front and then Whiten can come on. And, and then imagine Jake Trebojevic going to the line. He's got Tedesco inside. He's got Whiten outside or he's got Wade Graham there with Whiten sweeping out the back. That could be a real X-factor move for Freddie and the Blues is to be able to have that extra runner on there for 10 or 15 minutes while Cameron Murray gets his rest. He's proven he's an origin player. Then he can come back on. Cam Murray needs to start and, and just clean up everything that moves. Maybe use Whiten as, as a 13 rather than pigeonholing him as a six on the left-hand side. Okay, I like your argument. For both of you, Wade Graham, he's one game back in from an ACL. Is that too soon? Nah. He's made for origin. He's... 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 He's what New South Wales missed, isn't it? He is, and Boyd Corner was fantastic in game one. He's the inspirational leader. Mm. But there's a time where you need points, and you may be able to bring Wade Graham onto that left-hand side after 25, 30 minutes and let him play 50 and move Boyd Cordner into the middle and let him go about his business defensively. And you imagine, we've seen Cam, Cam Munster go down that left-hand side for Melbourne. If, he, if the winger comes up one inch, they kick him behind, the Fox scores, it's a try. And you can see Wade Graham, he's got the nice skill to be able to pick up Latrell Mitchell. So I think that brings Latrell into the game, it brings a Fox into the game, and you get another combination of Maloney, Graham, who have played together before, won a premiership before. So Maloney's all of a sudden, if he comes in, is playing with two premiership players that he's played with at different clubs. OK, well, you talk about premiership players and Sharks players. Both of you don't have Josh Dugan in your side. He actually made a call out to Coach Brad Fittler a little earlier today. Here's what he had to say. You know, I've tried to keep in touch with Freddie a little bit, just 
you know, letting him know that if I was to be picked, I, I, you know, put my best foot forward and that sort of thing. And, and to be honest, I don't think I've played a bad game for New South Wales in the 12 that I've played. So you've reached out to Freddie yourself? Yeah, I reached out to him a few weeks ago just to see um, what he was thinking and, and that sort of thing. And I'll put my hand up if you, if you want me, but, you know, look, that's up to him entirely. Doing all the stuff that I did at the end of last year, it, it's made me learn and grow. And, um, you know, you've got to have those conversations sometimes if, if you want things. And, um, you know, that was one of those things that I wanted. Jamie, are Josh Dugan's origin days gone? Oh, I think when you look at the, the outside back talent on that right side, you've got Trebojevic, you've got Kotrick, uh, Morris has gone there. If he was to go there, he would have to play right centre, and he's right, he hasn't played a bad game for New South Wales. I just think that if he was going to be picked, he would have been picked for game one, uh, and they, it's too hard to bring him back in now. Yeah, I, I, look, I think Josh Dugan will play rep footy again, just not this year. It's He hasn't been good enough for Cronulla this year, mixing positions, chopping and changing. I think he does come back into the team at some point. In, in to his credit, he's done what the team's needed. Yeah, they've had yeah. Three, so he's moved around as the team's needed him to move around. But when you look at the guys that they've got there, I mean, Latrell's going to be the centre for the next 10 years. That right centre is going to be vacant. If he can be good enough for the next six months, then maybe next year he comes back into the fold. Yeah, OK, fair enough. Let's talk about Women's State of Origin. Friday the 21st of June kicks off at North Sydney Oval. Both teams were selected only a couple of days ago. Host of changes for both teams. Uh, New South Wales Blues did stick with Maddie Studden as the halfback despite so much talk for the last six months. She's been, it's, it's been a whirlwind for her. I mean, going from New South Wales captain last year to then sitting on the sideline for the Roosters grand final. Uh, we caught up with her though yesterday and she was very stoked to sort of let go of that outside noise and wear that number seven jersey on the 21st of June. Yeah, obviously um, it got to me. I was a bit frustrated, but um, I just had to turn around pretty quick at nationals and um, just play my good footy and worry about my game. And that's what I went away last year. I didn't concentrate on my game. I was worried about everyone else. So this year it's a bit different how I'm playing and I'm um, just concentrating on myself, like I said. Yeah, really interesting point there. So she hit rock bottom basically after that NRLW. Very hard for her mentally, got given some feedback, got dropped from the Gillaroos, got dropped from the top 25, then goes to national championships and people are whispering about her form not being good enough to warrant origin selection. So she goes out and plays a ripper of a weekend and Andy Patmore can't leave her out of the side. Um, do you think that it's fair to have her back in the side? Like, I mean, there's no other seven that you could pick. No, well, at one stage, yeah, yeah, she was one of the best players in the world. Mm. I mean, she was performing like that. I think she lost her way, and, and you heard in that interview that, that the couple of times I watched her, she started worrying about turning into an organising player yeah. instead of that running game. You know, you think of Maddie Studd and you think, OK, she's going to take the line on, she's going to be a threat. Watched her a couple of times where she was passed first and became very hesitant. I think she struggled with organising. But you, you have a look at these two squads, and, and New South Wales have named their under 18. Queensland have played uh, some mind <laughs> games, just picking the squad, but they'll, they'll pretty much all slot in. I don't know how this New South Wales team gets beat if they perform under Andrew Patmore. I think Isabel Kelly's been outstanding now for a long time, Katie. And you look at Samima Taufa, she moves into the front row and mm. looks like she's got her body healthy again. So uh, I'm really excited. Keezy Apps is, is been back and, and performing well. So New South Wales surely can't get beat. Yeah, and I think Andy Patmore was planning on playing a very different style of rugby league. They're going to move that footy around. And when you look at Queensland's forward pack, they've had to keep Stephanie Hancock and Heather Ballinger as their forwards because 
they don't have anybody else coming through and they're, they're worried about what New South Wales are going to bring. But what's your thoughts? Yeah, well, it's interesting you mentioned Kezi Apps earlier. With the captaincy next to her name, Madison, obviously lifted the trophy last year for New South Wales. So she's obviously come back into the side, but they misses the captaincy. So that's an interesting point there. No Ruan Sims as well. Um, yeah, you could say they're going with the younger side, but then you've got Kylie Hilda there at 43 years of age. So what's with these dummy halves? And they go Cameron Smith at 36, Kylie at 43. So What Kylie does is she brings a calmness about it. And you saw when she went into the Roosters that they just really relaxed every time she was out there. And I think that'll help Studden in her game and her preparation, knowing that when things get hot out there, that they're going to have someone that can control the ruck for them. She can worry about a kicking game. She doesn't have to try and organise everything. And when she's when she's on and running the footy, Maddie Studden, there's probably no one better. Yeah. Like she just lost that confidence last year. 16-10 last year to the New South Wales Blues. We all saw a fantastic game. What's your prediction? We give predictions all year <laughs> round. Oh, Put it on tape. <laughs> what's your prediction for women's origin? Oh, I'm, I'm, I've got sweaty palms. I feel so bad. Uh, I actually think Blues will run away with it, not because I'm wearing a blue shirt today. I'm thinking... Give us a score. I just want to write it down in my book here. Oh, 30 to 12. 30-12, New South Wales. Are right. Queensland allowed to say New South Wales? Is that, is that, I'll is have that to ask Jason Hetherington, the Queensland coach. That's a good question. I think that's what I And need that's to nothing know. against... That's not, like, I mean, Queensland... Oh, look now, I've thrown myself under the bus. Don't Queensland worry, have an incredible team. I just think the, f- the forwards could be the difference here. There you go. Yeah. Friday, June 21 at North Sydney Oval. Make sure you buy tickets, nrl.com forward slash tickets. Will be a thriller. Uh, you'll be here in Sydney. We'll be over in Perth. Yeah, I'm covering the Pacific Test actually at Leichhardt on the Saturday night. Oh, so great. I'll tune in and watch... Uh, Obviously, you're doing Inside the NRL without me again over there. I'll tune and watch that. But then straight into Origin and then Pacific Test. Fiji v Lebanon uh, is going to start the night there. Obviously, New Zealand Tonga. And then we'll get to that. PNG. Oh, look at you. you take, it's all over. Do you want to take my job? I could probably do it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you haven't changed. All right, let's get to hit or miss. Question one. If Maguire's last name was Young, he'd be having a field day. Hit. hit. This okay. is... This is I love Josh Maguire's aggression. I think what he does for Queensland and the Cowboys is vital, but the NRL have missed the trick here. You know, he wasn't reported because he was a Queenslander and Munster and Smith got together and made him eligible. He got fined. He's got an issue with touching the face and being that, going that step too far. Another fine. Ricky Stewart and the Raiders should appeal their, their ban because if he was a Queenslander, he probably would have got let off. Mm. The, the one that he did is bad, but look at that there. That's regardless if you know any know the player or not. There's an image that goes across the game now that the kids watch, and anyone can watch inside the NRL. You just go to the app, and it comes up, and you watch it. Now there's kids seeing that. That's the second time this year, and he's still not going to miss a game. Mm. How, how do we get to that level where a young player who hasn't done anything? It comes in, eye gouges, yep, that's disgusting. Still gets suspended for five weeks, possible seven. Now we've got a, a rep player, a, a leader within our game, an Australian player, has only been fined seven grand. Not that's even not his, grand. Now that's not his fault mm. because they've let him off. But where's the consistency with the rulings, regardless of your status within the game? 
They need, to, they need to change the rules. I think eye gouging needs to be a, a charge on its own. It's bad enough to be a charge on its own. He's a repeat offender, Josh Maguire. He did it, obviously, against Cameron Munster a few weeks back, and then we see it here on the weekend against Manly. So, look, I don't know if Dylan Walker complained or not, if there was any issues after the game, but it's blatant there that he's gone for the face. And as a repeat offender, he's lucky to escape. But I, I, I don't buy the whole, he's a Queensland, he got let away. I don't buy that. Perhaps we're, perhaps we're looking at reputation and think, ah, oh, it's just, just Josh Maguire. That's part That's of That's what game. he does. There was talk about um, the complaints as well. Like with Hudson Young, Aidan Tolman went up and complained immediately. With this situation, uh, Josh Maguire, uh, Dylan Walker didn't go up and complain immediately. I don't know if that's got anything to play in those results. Yeah, it does. So, of course it does. The, the Raiders should be filthy. Yeah, I think the Raiders were, were a bit filthy and they did report uh, when Sam Burgess went on and, and spoke about mm. it too and if that came in as a factor. But... You didn't say hit or miss. I'm assuming you're... you're oh, hit, hit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hit, hit. Okay. <laughs> Question two. Freddie should pick Andrew Fafita if the Blues win game two. Hit or miss? I'm going to say... I'm going to say hit. I was against it last year because I felt... You know, he wanted to play for Tonga. And to be fair, you know, all credit to him because he's made a decision there to sacrifice $100,000 to play for Tonga for not much money at all. And he's not, he's not eligible for game two because Tonga played the night before in New Zealand. So... If New South Wales are in a position, and they are at the moment with a dire situation with their front row stocks, I'll be picking Andrew. I'll be picking up the phone if I'm Brad Fitland and saying, "Mate, do you want to play Game Three? Because he's not playing for New South Wales because he doesn't want to. That's it's not like he's over it. He just wants to play for Tonga, and he'll be eligible for Game Three. I'd give him a call if they if there are injuries in that position. I'd give him a call. He don't miss. I got goosebumps. I think he should. Can he fly back from New Zealand? Can we get him straight over to Perth? Would he do that if we topped him up? Well, he, he's one of the best front rows in the game. Of course, there's, if there's an option you can have Andrew Fafita in game three, then, yeah, you, you get him. So hit for me. I think that footage right there gives, I think, scares Queensland a little bit if he plays like that. Yeah, OK. Last but not least, the Eels paid too much for Mitch Moses. Hit or miss? Jamie? He got what the market dictates, and I'll never, ever count another person's money. I think that the players should end up getting more uh, if they can you know, come to a partnership with the media and open themselves up more. I think there's avenues where they can actually earn more in the game. Uh, the question marks in and around should he have gotten that salary without going to another final series. I think maybe there was a chance for Parramatta to possibly even say, we're going to pay you 600 a year for three years if we make the eight. You know, we've budgeted in our salary cap to give you a bonus of 150 or 200 to make it okay. that 2.4 million. But you know, you, you want your big money players. The, the Parramatta contracts haven't been an issue for the big players because they're get, they're going to get their cash. It's the next 13 fringe guys who are worried about where they're going to get their money from. So yeah. now that these two domino fall, hopefully the other guys start getting signed. Which Mitchell Moses do you pay? You pay you know, Mitchell Moses at his best, he's worth it. And unfortunately, we don't see Mitchell Moses at his best, at his best regularly enough. And he came to the club, he signed a deal on around 700000 And if you're asking, did he, did he live up to that value over the last couple of years? I'd say no. But can he live up to the price tag of 750800 over the next three? I think he can. But So hit or miss? Can I say that? No. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say hit. They pay too much based on what he's done so far, but he can prove them wrong. Okay. Champ or chump? <laughs> I'm just having a little bit of a giggle because I am throwing our teammate under the bus, Jamie Soward. Last week on our show, you said the Blues were going to win in a whitewash. You didn't. <laughs> no grab. Oh, you didn't. You got that well. You got me. Champ or chump? Champ. 
No, not you. I'm a champ. Michael, champ I'll say chump with Jamie for anything, so yes, chump. Okay, can you ask Except me so I can answer? <laughs> champ or chump, Katie? Chump. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jamie. She that's threw that right. in. That's all her, mate. I hope you know You two that. will regret this after I gave you that good rap. Oh, yeah, that's well, true, not. actually. Okay, the last one is actually about a player, Mitch Kenny, the Penrith Panthers player. It was a bit of a domino effect. He was Stephen Bradbury. Look here. He, had to, he was offside, so he basically took an army roll to get out of the road. This was 10-pin bowling. <laughs> He's gone down. Poor old James Maloney's gone through. <laughs> Liam Martin's collected him. Fisher Harris has had to jump over Kenny. And then five. Five of them. All down. <laughs> Half the team. The Jim champs, because they won. Okay. Yeah, my well, champ. Champ of the week. <laughs> All right. Well, look, that segment didn't really go with no, that today, was, but that, <laughs> that's okay. Now, uh, a bit later in the week, we will have a special with Tavita Pangai Jr. leading into the Tonga-New Zealand match in the international round. Um, I caught up with him and he had an interesting bit to say about the state of origin. So, you know, a lot of people were just saying, you know, I'm being a follower of Jason, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm an idiot for, for turning down an opportunity to play Origin and then, um, you know, speaking with Freddie, he said, you know, if, if I was to have a long career in the game, you know, not to shut down, not to shut the door on Origin footy. But... So, Tavita will be there, hopefully, on Saturday the 22nd of June when New Zealand host Matema Tonga and, of course, at Leichhardt Oval, the doubleheader, Fiji, Lebanon, Samoa and Papua New Guinea. Um, it's the start of a huge weekend. The Women's Origins on the Friday night, then you've got the three games on the Saturday, then you, of course, have the Men's State of Origin in Perth on the Sunday. Huge. Yeah, like international it. weekend like of football. It. Do you? I don't like it because I can't get to all the games. Well, you're the face of the game. You can be everywhere. Oh, my God. No, I like it. Look, I, I, I think the NRL's got it right here, and I think it's got potential to grow even bigger. I think, you know, rep round, whether you want a standalone period, there's all sorts of debates at the moment about the, the quality of the NRL. So I, I think the NRL's taken that first step. The New Zealand Tonga game is going to be epic. It will be. But uh, before, we'll wrap things up before you can throw me under the bus again. Power rankings, Jamie? Yes, power rankings are special edition. We had to wait till that game finished tonight. So there's a new number one. Who is it? Uh, You'll have to log on to NRL.com. Oh. can every Monday, but I will give you a sneak peek. The Melbourne Storm have climbed back up to number one, okay. uh, and there's a new number two as well, and this man to the right of me will be very happy. He's just a sneaky uh, Newcastle <laughs> Knights fan. They've gone up to number two. Uh, so make sure you log on to NRL.com every Monday. We have the power rankings. A uh, couple of changes down the bottom, but not many. Okay, great. Love it. NRL.com, Jamie Soward's Power Rankings. Now, of course, next week um, we've got Teams List tomorrow, tomorrow night, oh, tomorrow afternoon, sorry, at 3.55. It's been a long show. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Zach Bailey with Brett Kamali and Jeff Toovey. But next week we will bring you a State of Origin special from Perth on Friday, of course, at NRL.com on the website, Facebook and the app. Jamie Soward will be in Sydney. You'll yes. be hosting a party. I will be hosting a party. Out at Heathcote, come out. There you go. <laughs> Hello. Heard it, heard it here first. We'll let you go. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next Friday. Have a good one.